Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this for the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. You say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not what you want it to be. Hello everyone and welcome to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo and ho ho ho, guess what? She is back. Yes sir, for the next time, the second time, Freedom at Work author Tracy Fenton joins us again and oh, are we going to have a good time. Matter of fact, we've talked before the show. Here's the thing. She and I talked before the show and we decided that we're going to have a little fun with this interview. I, I don't get to do this real often on, on my shows, but she said, why don't you kind of play devil's advocate with me and let's go have some fun with this. And I was like, I like it, Tracy. I think we should do it. So we're going to do that today. We're going to actually talk through the 10 principles of Freedom at Work, how to create a democracy in the workplace. And you go, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. No, don't, don't. Okay, first of all, we got to get a new mindset, all right? Because it, it, the democracy is not just about government. We're talking about a true, real democracy. I wrote about this in my Amazon book review about it. We don't fully understand what a real democracy looks like in the workplace, and she's going to help us walk through these 10 principles and do that. But before we get to her, let's do what we do every week, right? What we're going to do is we're going to walk you through the four areas of your life, right? Because we're always in training, right? We have to be in training physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, because here's what I know, right? If we're not in training, right, you know what? We're not growing. And if we're not growing, guess what? We're dying because we cannot stay static. You cannot stay the same. Same. The world is always moving, right, at a pace. And I don't know about you, but I'm getting older, okay? And things do not just stay the same anymore, right? I have to constantly be working out. I have to constantly be reading. I have to constantly be working on my emotions. I have to constantly be working on my spiritual life. I have to constantly be working on my relationships because that's the only way that I can do that daily, right? So here's how it works. Scale of one to 10 in your training. One being, oh, my training's just not very good at all, Jay. 10 being my training is outstanding, all right? And we start in the physical area. And we go, all right, physical area, four things. How are you eating? How's your exercise? Are you drinking enough water and getting enough sleep? So let's just put it at those four. And if you were to evaluate your training in those areas in the last seven days, what score would you give yourself, right? Five being average, right? Now, that's your first number. Now, whatever that number is, don't get alarmed and go, well, Jay, I'm really only a two. It's okay. It's okay. You can be two. But that's a starting place, all right? And I want you to understand that starting place, it doesn't matter where you start. We just need you to start. I just need you, I just need you to say, okay, okay, can I get to a 2.5? Maybe a three. I don't want, I, you don't go from two to 10. Let's just, it's a baby step thing. You got to create new habits. You have to create a new way of doing things in your life, right? All of these areas, right? We don't just jump in because then what happens is we get burned out and we get disappointed. And then what happens is we go back. Right? That's not what we want to do. We want to build on it little by little. If you're an 8, congratulations. Get me to an 8.25. All right, Because the closer we get to 10, those increments get a little more difficult to increase. All right, So your first number, your physical number. Second number is the mental number, right? Here's the thing. Mentally, right? Two halves of the brain, right, left. 
the right side's a little more creative, left side's a little bit more logical. Some of you may be crossword puzzlers, and others of you are Sudoku puzzlers, right? That's your left brain people, right? The point, the point of the matter is we need to be working both halves of the brain. So if all you're doing is doing crossword puzzles, do a Sudoku. And if all you're doing is Sudoku puzzles, do a crossword puzzle. But the truth of the matter is we could be doing things to enhance our knowledge and knowing. Do not sit on a couch and just let the world come at you. No, 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 no. Great idea is read a book, right? And if you're not going to read it, listen to it. Take notes from it, right? Learn a foreign language. Take up a new instrument. Do something to actually get yourself growing and in your knowledge and understanding, all right? So on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you say you're doing that? All right, that's two numbers. Now, third number, emotionally. You know what? The truth of the matter is uh, there's really two components to being emotional. Uh, I really believe simply. One is how well do you are you able to control your emotions under stress and pressure? And then the second piece is how well are you able to tap into and understand the emotions of others? Which means that you have to listen, which, by the way, is one of the principles of freedom at work is dialogue and listening, right? Which means that the greater your emotional intelligence, the greater that your emotional quotient is, right? the better you're going to be at that principle. Mm, 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 yeah, Tracy's going to probably talk about that some, right? So how would you say you're doing in those two areas? Right? Okay, that's your third number. Fourth number is spiritual, right? And the truth of the matter is we have been in a pandemic for two and a half years and you have survived it by faith. That's <laughs> really true, right? You didn't know what tomorrow was going to bring. You didn't know what it was going to happen. You, 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 you woke up. You believed Right? We all li- actually live in a world of faith. We don't know what the next moment's going to bring, but we believe it's going to happen. That's faith. Right? And the truth is, you know, when things do go bad, you know what? We run to something believing that it's going to help us, right, come back to a place of centeredness and peace. We do. Whatever you run to first, that, that is going to be your God. Right? Whether that is God, whether that is nature, whether it is yourself, right? Some people believe they're their own God, whether that is meditation, whatever it may be. I have two questions for you. How's it working? And what do you need to do to change it? Right? Because the truth of the matter is, if you remove the physical, mental, and emotional, what you have left is the spiritual. Right? And and it is important. You've heard me interview special operations forces guys, general, on the show. Right, who've talked about the spiritual element is absolutely critical and important to survival. Right? So what score would you give in your spiritual area? All right. Those four areas are like the legs of the chair, right? The legs of a chair are uneven and you sit in it long enough, what happens to you, right? What happens is that your posture gets out of whack and that's no good because then you know it just doesn't work well. And then at the same time, if if your chair is too low, you can't sit at a normal table and you can't you can't eat right, right? Well, Tracy Fenton, fortunately for me, she's got her legs at the right height and it's even and she's got it all going on her chair. She is the founder and CEO of World Blue, which is a global, 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 I said global, global leadership company teaching CEOs and top leaders how to lead with the proven Freedom at Work leadership model. Tracy is uh, recognized globally as a keynote speaker, author, and transformational coach to CEOs and leaders. She is recognized by Inc. Magazine as one of the top 50 leadership innovators and honored as a Marshall Goldsmith Top 100 coach. She frequently speaks to top leaders and has spoken to numerous organizations. You may have heard of some of these. Harvard, Yale, uh, Yahoo, uh, U.S. Naval Academy. Yeah, her work's been featured in Fortune, Forbes, Fast Company, The Wall Street Journal, New York Times, over and over. She is she is now back with us in her book, Freedom at Work. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the show and welcome back my friend, Tracy Fenton. Welcome back, Tracy. Oh, it's so great to be with you, Jay. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, so you know what? We're not going to, we, we spent so much time digging around and we never got to the 10 principles of, of freedom at work and, and democracy at work. And I thought, and we decided, you and I decided, we're, this is where we're going to go. So let's let's just move in. What I call chapter nine, and I know that's not the chapter, but I call it chapter nine. It's titled Organizational Democracy, the Framework for Freedom. So maybe let's start off with what is democracy and, and maybe not maybe help us understand the difference between a governmental democracy and the democracy that you're trying to apply to a business. Yeah, so great to be back with you, Jay. And just as a quick kind of recap 
um, for those just maybe listening for the first time or those who maybe listen to part one, in my book, Freedom at Work, I talk about three pillars to building freedom-centered rather than fear-based companies. Pillar one is mindset, having a freedom-centered mindset. Freedom, pillar two is leading with the principles of freedom rather than fear. And pillar three, which is what we're getting into right now, is design, um, organizational design. And we talked about those first two pillars in part one, and now we get into part two. And so that framework for organizational design, what is it? And most of the time companies, and whether they're small or large, are designed sort of in a default or even intentional, you know, command and control hierarchy with a lot of bureaucracy, a lot of fiefdoms. Um, it's all about control, control, control. And what I've been doing over the past 25 years, my team and I, is working with companies to help them democratize. And I'm sure some of your listeners are freaking out going, what the heck, <laughs> you know, democracy, you know, does this mean there's no CEO anymore, the inmates run the asylum, or, you know, we have this cognitive dissidence in our mind. Yeah. We go, yeah, I want to live in a democratic society, but I can't quite figure out how am I going to bring that into my day-to-day you know, work workplace. And so what I did, Jay, is I spent about a decade researching, you know, what the heck is democracy? This all started for me in my undergraduate days. I tell the story in the book um, that I was asked to be the director of our public affairs conference and the student team came to me, long story short, and said, hey, Tracy, let's do our big conference on democracy. And democracy to me meant politics and old dudes in Washington, D.C., you know, I mean, that was my understanding of democracy at the and voting. I guess you vote on everything. Right. Um, and what clicked for me and what got me so interested in this is I started to realize as my friends in college were talking with me about it, is that democracy is really a framework that gives power to the people that helps us realize our fullest potential and promise. And I always knew that that's what my life was about, was helping people realize their fullest potential and promise. You can't do that in an environment of fear and control. You can only do that in an environment of freedom. So what's that framework for freedom? And that started me down the path to go, what the heck is democracy? Because it's not voting. They vote in North Korea. That doesn't mean it's democratic. Right. I'm not talking about a republic. You know, again, North Korea is considered a republic and as just as America is. So what what is democracy? What makes us different? And um, I spent a decade in my undergraduate and graduate research on this and identified that there are 10 principles that create the system of democracy, democracy being the way that we lead, how we give power to the people. And we can lead democratically in government, as you know, we're talking earlier. And we can lead this way in our educational institutions and we can re lead this way in our businesses. So let me pause there, Jay. I don't know if I answered your question or not, but I at yeah. least wanted to give that overview. Yeah. No, 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 you did. You, you answered it. And I think okay. I think what people are now going to ask themselves is, okay, because and, and here comes the devil's advocate in me a little bit. Yeah. But they're gonna they're gonna go, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Tracy, you were talking about trying to put a democracy in my business. And, 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 and the way I'm hearing that people may interpret this is going, so what you're saying is if there's going to be a democracy that I, as the CEO, no longer have any control. Did I get I know, right? Isn't that funny? People think that, and, and you think, well, okay, you and I are talking from the U.S., which is right. arguably a democracy. Um, does that mean there's, an, there's no control? No, absolutely not. Now, I'm not talking about applying the U.S. government model to our businesses. Of course, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is taking and understanding what the principles of democracy are and then putting them into operation in a way that makes sense for the size and scope of your company. We have done this in hundreds and hundreds of companies around the world, so it works. So what are some of those principles of democracy? They're principles like transparency, choice, decentralization of power, accountability. We can get into all of them more. But what we're doing is we're taking those principles and we're operationalizing them into systems and processes so that your company, why? Why are we doing this? Is this just some, you know, kumbaya idea? No, we're doing it because a democratic system results in more agility, more efficiency, 
more profitability, more growth, more scalability. It creates a culture people love, and it helps us, quite frankly, develop into better leaders. That translates into the way we live our personal lives as well. Okay. All right. So here, let's just, just do this. Let's let's do. Well, we're, well, I will throw out the principle, right? We'll go down through the principles, and I, you, I'll throw it out. I'll let you define it, and yeah. then I will do. But yeah, but Tracy, how about this? What do you? What, are you okay with that? Yeah, sure. Okay, all right. So principle number one is purpose and vision. So what what are we talking about here? So purpose and vision is all about within an organizational context and within democracy is you have to have a clear purpose. A purpose is why. Purpose is not a mission. Mission is what we do. But a purpose is why the organization exists and a vision is where you want to go with it. Okay. So, okay. So purpose and vision, uh, right? Know the reason why we're, we, why we are and what we do, why we're doing what we do. And, and we have an intentional direction. So let me just ask you this because you and I are both coaches and we've coached CEOs and founders and owners of companies. Mm -hmm. Uh, the truth of the matter is I don't know that really most of them really have a real purpose and vision. I hate no, to say that. I, know. <laughs> I, I, hate, I hate to say it, but it's really true. I, I think they confuse mission and that they really don't understand their purpose outside of what they do. And it, they don't understand the why, I don't think. Is that what you find too? Oh, 100%. I mean, that's why like at World Blue, we help leaders find their individual purpose and vision. And then we help companies find their organizational purpose and vision. And then ultimately what you want to do is hire people in the ideal world. You want to hire people whose individual purpose for life aligns with the job that they're going to be doing yeah, for your company. It's, but you know, I, I gotta be honest with you, Tracy, I find it so hard for people to understand what their purpose is. They, I, I feel like people are wandering around purpose, purposeless. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, we've, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, talk about, right. we do, we have right. our, our awesome, incredible course that helps people figure it out. And oh. so many people come through and they're like, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't even think I have a purpose. I've tried to figure this out and I can never figure it out. And we've, we've helped hundreds of leaders. It's so important to know your purpose, mm -hmm. to know why you're here. You know, what's your unique gifts that you have to bring? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah I, I don't, I don't think we can even talk about leadership almost with, we don't know why I think it's just no. kind of, I think, all right. So number two is yeah. integrity. All right. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think what we want to say, right. My, my, of course, my version of integrity is it's what you do when no one is looking. That's my, yeah, that's my, yeah. is it, how does that fit in with your definition in terms of de organizational right. democracy? Well, integrity is living a life um, of moral and ethical values. Uh, you know, I can't remember exactly how I define it in the book, but you, maybe you should you should be reading the definitions, Jay. But yes, yeah, okay, I could do that. I, so, I can also say it in my own words, you know, to keep it fresh. But yeah, you know, it's integrity is um, when you don't have integrity. If you have all other of the nine principles, but you don't have integrity, the whole thing, the wheels come off the bus. Like, forget it. I think we can all think of countless examples in our workplaces and in our in our overall lives where we see how that lack of integrity completely erodes personal and collective freedom. So let me read the definition you have yeah. here. You, yeah. you have integrity is at work when each individual and the organization uphold high moral and ethical principles. Yep. Right? So we're to, a lot of people, boy, a lot of people don't like the word morality because they think that right. there's there's... They want to think that morals are rel relevant, right? Right. Right. They're we, relative. They're relative, yeah. right? Right. So they want to I mean, and they're not, and and unfortunately, that's just how it is. Right. And so you can't you can't really have a society when when morals are relative. You know, we have to have an understanding that there is a sense of right and wrong. It doesn't mean that we're cold, heartless people. But a lot of times, when people are saying, "I don't want to have to have integrity," or "I want to be able to," To, to make my own rules, what they're really saying is, please don't hold me to a standard of excellence because I don't think I'm good enough mm. to do it. I don't think I'm good enough to rise to that higher standard or I don't want to have to rise to a higher standard. Mm. And that's hard work, you know, it's hard right. work. Um, but the thing is, true leaders do live lives of integrity and create organizations that promote and help support people living with integrity and working with integrity as well in a loving way. 
I, we, you and I talked about this before the show, but sometimes the, I don't, not sometimes, the real antithesis of these is the fear. Yeah. That comes from, right? I mean, like if we right. go to purpose and vision, right? I don't know if we're, we're afraid to do purpose and vision because we feel locked in. And so we don't want to be locked in because we want, we feel like, oh my gosh, if I, if I tell them what my purpose and vision are, if we have a purpose and vision, then I can't get out of it if I don't like it. Right. And, and with integrity, I think, you know, we don't like talking about it because we're afraid that people will really know that we really don't have that much integrity. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> it's always fear. Fear's in the back of everything. I mean, fear is what holds us small. And right. I mean, on the issue of purpose and vision, the way we at least work and help people find their purpose and vision statement, um, the way you, when you clearly define it, you're able to live that in every area of your life. In every area of your life, you get to live your purpose and vision, not just, you're not locked into one thing. Right. And ultimately, integrity is what gives us freedom. Right. Um, actually, living a moral life is what gives you freedom. Right. Not less freedom. And I know that that's very, you know, counterintuitive for some people. Right. But it really, but it, it really does. Yeah. It yeah. Could, it, it's like, it's like freedom and discipline, right? Right? Yeah. What, what we don't understand is that when we have discipline, we actually have more freedom. And it's same is true with integrity. Her name okay. is uh, Tracy Fenton. The book is Freedom at Work. You're listening to her here again. And she's awesome right here on A New Direction. Hey, folks, listen, I, my two sponsors, Epic Physical Therapy, they're my physical therapist. I think they should be yours, too. Look, uh, when you're trying to recover from an injury or surgery or suffering everyday aches and pains, go where the professional athletes go. They go to Epic PT. Why? Because they're going to provide you with an individual treatment program specifically for you and for your goals. So when you're ready for your Epic Relief, your Epic Recovery, your Epic Results, Go to Epic Physical Therapy. That's epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft and Team Realtors for more than 35 years. Her clients call her the legend of customer service. And why is she so legendary? Because she started her business in uh, 1985 when interest rates were 18%, right? And here's the thing. Those clients t- still see her today. Why? Because she created relationships. It wasn't about the sale. It was about the relationship because she understood at the end of the day, you have a relationship with your home and she wanted to be a part of it. And so she creates the relationships that lead to great success and finding your dream home or selling your home. So when you're ready to sell or buy, you might start with Linda Craft and Team Realtors. You can learn more by going to lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. And hey, listen, I got to say something about Hint Water. Hint Water is the official... Uh, beverage of uh, DBNA TV, which this show is on. So listen, you know what? I love Hint Water. I'm drinking strawberry kiwi today. I hope you will too. Um, not necessarily strawberry kiwi, but check out Hint Water. You know what? No sugar, no calories. Absolutely delicious. Sponsor, really. They're the official drink, DBNA TV. And we're back here on a new direction, and I'm with Tracy Fenton. We're talking through the 10 principles of democracy and freedom at work is the book. It's outstanding. I've written a, uh, I've written an Amazon five-star review on it that I just think it's one of the absolutely groundbreaking books that are out there. I'm going to be putting this on Goodreads, too, as well, uh, review. Uh, it's to, it really is a groundbreaking book for every business, and that includes yours. Uh, you can do this. I promise you can. Let's go to number three, Tracy, dialogue and listening. And here's what you say. Dialogue and listening are at work when each individual listens and engages in conversation in a way that deepens meaning and connection. All right. How does that apply to business? Absolutely. Well, I think most of us are interested, are, are, are engaged in monologue <laughs> or we know what it's like <laughs> in the workplace where it's top, you know, top down one way. Um conversation if you will and really what what democracy is about you know it's interesting i was talking with one of my grad school professors the other day we hadn't talked in 20 years and i asked him how he would define democracy and he said it's about it's dialogue and listening it's taking the time to listen to each other in the book i talk about the four levels of listening um level one is this very surface level transaction you know level of listening all the way to level four which is listening almost from that deeper spiritual place inside us when we're in a conversation. And it doesn't have to take time 
to listen at that deeper level. It's something I strive to do every day with my global team I run with my company and also with our clients every day is to really listen, listen with an open mind um, and actually engage in conversation too. You know, actually talk with people, um, get their point of view. Don't be afraid to get the feedback. Don't be afraid of the hard questions um, and having the hard conversations. And so we talk about how to, I talk about how to do that in the book. Yeah. So, so here's, okay, here's the devil's advocate in me, right? Mm -hmm. And, and I think what it is, uh, we don't listen because we're, we're not, we, we, even though we have two ears and one mouth, you would think we'd be more prone to listening. But the truth is the mouth runs far better than the ears hear. And I think, I think what happens is if I really have to listen to you, I'm going to forget what I'm going to say. <laughs> and and here's the other thing. If I really listen to you and I think about what you're saying to me, it may mean that I have to change an action. Yeah. I don't know that I don't I don't know that I really want to do that because I mean at the heart I, I mean at the heart of this as I'm just thinking, you know, right? I think we like to say that we're great listeners, but we're we're just not. Yeah. No, we're not. Or we're pushing our agenda or we're trying to steer where the conversations right. go or trying to manipulate it to where you know, we want the outcome to be, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's just, I just, I just it's know. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it, no, 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 you're fine. It, it's just, it's it's a discipline. It's really hard. As matter of fact, um, at the beginning of the year, one of the things that I said, one of my goals for the year was I was going to be a better listener. And it's harder than you think when you're really trying to focus on telling your brain, <laughs> telling your brain, you don't have to say, you don't have to speak. You don't have to speak here. It's okay. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's hard. It's I I challenge people to do it all the time. It's really difficult to do when you're a talker. All right, number four. Oh boy. Oh, Tracy, you can't mean this one. You cannot mean transparency. Transparency is at work when ideas and information are openly and responsibly shared. Tracy, no way. That's not part of a democracy. You don't really mean to share everything. You don't mean transparency. What you mean is disclosure, right? You want me to, I get to pick and choose what I share. You don't mean complete transparency, do you? I love that distinction you make. Well, you know, I think I use the phrase in the book, responsible transparency. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what we're talking about here is being open with information, with financials, mm -hmm. um, with things that's going to help people do their job better. You know, so often uh, when when I'm working with companies, I'll say, do you practice open book management? Are you open with your employees about financially where the company is and things like that? And people, no way. But the thing is, we all have to know what's happening in our personal financial life. How do you expect employees to make good decisions or to even trust you as a leader, as a CEO, if you're not being open about where things are financially. And yeah, that can sometimes mean some difficult conversations. That's even why there's an order to this, of these principles, right? I talk about start, scale, and sustain for each of these, because it's having the, you want to have the dialogue and listening in place and that trust so that you can have more transparency and open up. And that's how each one of these principles you know, build on each other. I, you know, I'm not talking about recklessness here. I'm not, right. you know, right. suggesting that one of your listeners is like, yeah, I should just like go to work tomorrow and like, <laughs> you know, just start telling everybody, <laughs> you know, where things are financially and like, hey, guess what? Not everyone is paid fairly. And, you know, and no, I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you know, maturely and responsibly um, evolve into this. And, and I teach you how in the book. And of course we teach you how at World Blue. But when you're transparent, you know, people are always talking about how do I build trust in my team? Transparency is how you build trust in your team. Transparency right. is how you build that respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. It, you, but you, you know, it's so, it's so hard to be, I mean, I've known a couple of companies that do full financial transparency, right? Where they just, they're wide open with their books. You know, this is what everybody's getting paid. This is what they're doing. This is how they're going about it. And, you know, you, you say something to this effect in the book, and I'm going to do the best Jay Izzo paraphrase of Tracy Fenton that I can. And, you know, but the truth is, when people know what the struggles are, oftentimes they will rise to the occasion if they know the company's struggling, right? Or oh, 100%. Right? 
What do you, I mean, what do you tell people who are reluctant to be transparent about the financials? I mean, how do you? I go back, uh, yeah, yeah, I go back to what I teach in the beginning of mindset and ask them the power question. You know, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Mm. Mm. How, how would you handle this if you weren't afraid? Right. If you if you do feel like you could trust your people. I mean, because look, I know some leaders listening right now are like, I don't, I don't trust my people. Mm. Well, we need to have a conversation then about getting the right team in place <laughs> <laughs> that you feel like you can trust opening up to. You know, it's all it's right. all interconnected. So it's really getting those building blocks in in place and in the right order. Right. I mean, that's why, Jay, I mean, I, we talked about last time, companies that practice organizational democracy have on average 700% greater revenue growth compared to S&P 500 because you fly when all this, I mean, you just fly when all this is in operation. You, you know what's so interesting, you know, I, I'm putting it together and I know you said that they build on top of each other, but now I'm, I'm really starting to see it more clearly right now yeah. Is, yeah. is, okay, I can't. I can't even get to transparency if I don't am am not really clear on the purpose in my vision, mm-hmm. right? Because and because then I don't even know what what my morals and ethics are and my integrity, right? Because if I, I if I purposeful, my that's going to help me determine my morals and ethics of my com- company, right? Right. And, you sure as heck aren't going to have transparency if you don't have the integrity. Right, <laughs> you're right. not you're not going to want to have right, the transparency. Right. 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 And yeah. then and then if we're not communicating well. If, yeah. if you and I, if you and I cannot communicate, then we, the, the transparency falls apart there. I mean, it's, it's yeah. really interesting. The dominoes I could, I'm seeing clear more clearly now the dominoes that I didn't see before, but yeah. I could see it, how the dominoes are starting to fall into place. All right. That, this is good stuff. You're good. You're, you're good at this. It's like, you've done this before. This is really I good. Times. Yeah. <laughs> Once or twice. Okay. So the, the first four you call the start, that's, that's our start. All right. The, the right. next, the for next step. democracy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Those are the first four principles. Yes. Right. And then the next three is what we call scale. When, when you say scale, what do, what do you mean? Yeah. You know, How you start to scale democracy? How you start okay. to ramp it up within okay. your organization? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. So now we come number five, which by the way, is so great. Transparency. And then you have number five, accountability. And we like to think what accountability is, that we know what accountability is, but Here's what here's what you say. You say accountability is at work when each individual and the organization are responsible to each other for their actions. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to have to help us parse that apart because I think what we do is we look at think about accountability as an individual thing, but we don't see it as an organizational thing. You're going to have to help us here. Yeah, absolutely. I think I tell a story in the book um, about one of my favorite companies we've worked with. They're based in Ann Arbor, Michigan, 60 employees, wonderful World Blue Certified Freedom Center company in in the tech space. And one day, a bunch of um, CEOs flew in to do a tour of this company. And at one point, one of the CEOs asked the CEO of the tech company in Ann Arbor, Michigan, so who who is everybody accountable to in a, in a democratic company? And the CEO named Rich, their open office, I've been there and they have this really cool practice where he goes, hey, and says the name of the organization. Everybody stops what they're doing. And they go, hey, what, Rich? And he goes, who are you all accountable to? And the person asking the question expected that everyone would point at him, the CEO, right? And instead, everyone kind of looked at each other and they go like this. We're accountable to each other. Mm. Okay. And and that's what we're talking about here. It's that it's accountability to each other. It's people that create an organization. Mm. And and of course, leaders have to also be accountable for what they say and what they do. So that accountability has to be a two-way street. Yeah, this is, okay, this is where it gets a little difficult, I think. This is where I, I, I don't know, maybe that, I'm, I'm thinking again from the owner CEO perspective, and this is where I think it may get a little bit difficult is like, okay, this really sounds really good in principle, <laughs> Tracy, but how do I, how do you get your people to be accountable 
to each other because you, you're you're talking that on first of all they got to be they got first of all they got to be willing to be held accountable which not everybody is and then secondly you have to have people who are willing to be a person that goes yeah I'll hold you accountable which some people don't want to do either right? right and then you're saying oh it's not just one person we're accountable to each other and yeah. then you're saying on top of that, which sounds difficult in and of itself, you're going to say that the management level, the C-suite level, is going to be accountable to everybody else, that they're just all part of the same accountability. That's... You're like, what? Yes, my mind just went... <laughs> it's like that blow emoji with your head blowing up. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 You know, look, here's the deal. It, it it can sound utopian. You know how in the book I give over 100 different examples, right, you know, right, right. for the 10 different principles curated from thousands. So there's lots of ways to put this into practice in your organization. And the thing about democracy, Jay, that's so great is it expects and demands the best of us as people. Mm. Yeah, not everyone is interested in being their best. So mm. if you're not interested in being your best, this ain't for you, mm. you know? It's mm. not, it's not. But if you're the kind of person who's like, I want to be my best self, and I want to create a team that brings out the greatness in everybody, because I get how as a business owner, this is going to help me grow my company and enjoy the process and work with, every day with people I love, this is for you. I mean, this is how you get there. This is what, you know, we, the companies we've worked with, Zappos, Groupon, Hulu, WD40, DaVita, Great Harvest Bread, Widen, Mind Valley. These are all world-class companies that have listened to what I've said and my team and I have said and put it into operation and gotten phenomenal results, bottom line results. Is it hard? It's hard if you don't want to grow. If you don't want to grow, it's really, forget it. Go work in an authoritarian company. You're going to be happier there. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. You just, uh, I, I think what you just said was just, I just kind of uh, pierced through the onion layers of, it's hard, but if yeah, you want to grow, it's it's going to be hard. I, I just, I think getting people to be hold each other accountable is so. I, I can see why it's valuable. I can see the value in it. I just don't think we want to push it. I think we're afraid to push that envelope of of so much accountability. But, you know, the truth of the matter is we should be holding each other accountable in every little thing. Yeah, and what you do to take the emotionalism and the fear out of it is, again, you create the system and process. Mm. And that system or process creates the accountability. Mm. You know, let me give you a super simple, like crazy simple example. Okay. Um, we do this at my company. Everybody, uh, we use Slack. This is so crazy simple. But um, everybody on my team, each day, we list out on our Slack channel called My Day. This is what I'm going to be account accountable for doing today. Hmm. And and everybody just says, boom, here's my things. Here's my 10, five, three bullet points. Boom, boom, boom. This is what I'm doing today. And everybody can see what everybody's working on. Everyone can see what everyone's accountable for. Right. And and you do it. And if because I have a world class team, took work to get there, right. made mistakes along the way, had some bad hires along the way. Right. But once you know how to hire correctly, which I also talk about in the book. Right. And you have that world class team. People are accountable. They're accountable to each other. They're accountable to themselves. Right. And it works. I mean, that's so crazy simple. And it works. Right, right. So, yeah, I'm just thinking about, you know, Slack is great. I love Slack. Slack is Slack is a, a, a program, by the way, that everybody can everybody's kind of on the same page and they can see what everybody else is doing. Um, but I got to tell you something. If you're a really small micro company, I'm just going to say this to you. You could do this with a whiteboard. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you can do it with a whiteboard. Post-it notes. You can do, I mean, yeah. this, as, as, you know, as people read in the book, as you know, for each of these 10 principles, I give 10 ways you can yeah. practice it at a beginner, intermediate, and advanced level. Right. So there's a ramp up here. You don't have to like, oh my gosh, I've got to do this like now and I don't know how. And no, I give you a whole ramp up of how to get there. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's awesome. All right. Decentralization is number six. Decentralization is at work when power is appropriately shared 
throughout an organization. Oh, now Tracy, this is where it sounds like you're you're saying I got to give up some power as the CEO. Is that what you're saying? Well, democracy does mean demos and croton, the people rule, power to the people. But, you know, it doesn't mean the inmates run the asylum unless you think your employees are inmates. Um, <laughs> no, I'm still the CEO of World Blue. It doesn't mean you don't have leaders. Right. Democracy is a leadership strategy. So, you know, you still have leaders. Um, but what you're doing is you're treating everyone as a leader. You know, it doesn't mean we all do the same thing. It doesn't mean we all the same position. Right. But we're awakening the leadership within each person. Hmm. And then what that does is it just accelerates everything. So, so we, I mean, how much power am I giving up as a CEO? Am I, am I, what am I really giving up here? I don't think you're giving up anything. So... <laughs> that was not that was not the answer I was, I was yeah, thinking. I, mean, I don't really I, I mean I've, I'm kind of a little bit gobsmacked by the question because I'm like I've never actually had a CEO of any of the hundreds of companies you work right. with say oh my gosh I had to give up something You're, no. it's not like a pie that you like cut a piece okay. and now you don't have as much like it's like a light it's like a candle like you're just sharing you're sharing the light and lighting the room more, you know, so I don't like, I don't feel like in running a decentralized democratic organization myself that I'm giving up something. And also it relates to self-worth. I mean, what we talked right. about in part right. one, right? I mean, it's, it's about, you're all in it together. I mean, it's the team spirit. It's not, I'm an, I need something so that I have power over you. I mean, that's super low self-worth behavior, which isn't going to work. <laughs> Speaking of lighting up a room, is that what Tracy Fenton does? Yes, that is what she does. She lights up the room and she is sharing your her light with you from her book, Freedom at Work. You're listening to her here on A New Direction. Uh, folks, listen, you know uh, I talk about epic physical therapy. They really are my physical therapists. I, I'm, I'm telling you, Heidi and Andrew, uh, owners of the company, I know them personally. They're awesome. But they have the most top-of-the-line equipment, the anti-G, uh, the Alter-G anti-gravity treadmill, the Normatec compression sleeves, the Game Ready, which is my favorite. They're, they're certified in treatments such as blood flow, restriction therapy, dry needling, cupping. That's just a few. Look, when you're ready for your epic relief, your epic recovery, and your epic results, don't look any further. Start with Epic PT. That's epicpt.com, E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft and Team Realtors, literally she is helping people all over the world sell and buy their houses. How does she do it, you ask? It's because she's independently owned and operated and is unaffiliated with any national company so she can find the best real estate professional for you in your area without being biased. And that's what she does. And she does that not only for you around the world, but she does that right where she's at in the Research Triangle Park area. So listen, when you're ready to sell your home or buy your next one, look at Linda Craft and Team Realtors. Look at lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here on A New Direction and uh, with uh, Tracy Fenton and her book, uh, freedom at work, and I'm getting to have some fun with her. I'm getting to kind of poke her a little bit with some uh, devil's advocate questions, and uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully, she's not too angry with me. <laughs> then, no, I love it. Okay, I love it. Okay, so because I'm, I, it's, it's kind of fun for me, believe it or not, not in a bad way, but it's kind of fun because I'm challenging myself based on what I read because I do understand what you're saying, but I'm also thinking now, okay, what would be the objections, right? And I think overcoming these objections is really an important thing for people who are listening to the show and who are thinking about, okay, can I really make democracy work in my business, regardless of the size? And of course, your answer is yes, uh, this this can. All right, so we've gone through six. We're going to look at the last four. And number seven is individual and collective. And you define that as the individual and the collective are at work when the rights of both the individual and the collective are valued and respected. Okay, so uh, there is, I think we want to believe that, I, I, I can hear people saying, hey, Tracy, I already do that. But, but maybe we don't do it the way you're thinking of doing it. So help us get some clarity there. I think this is actually the hardest principle. Really? Yeah, even harder than decentralization. Really? Yeah, but it's also the linchpin of democracy. 
because what happens if if you have a system that's way too um, focused on the collective, right. so collective goals, collective, believe about that, like collective, you you fall into collectivism, mm. you know, which isn't democracy. That's other systems that are out there. And right. if you focus too much on the individual without also linking how does the individual and the collective work together in a team and an organization, you get this sort of, you know, cutthroat, rugged individualism within a company where, you know, how many times have I talked to people that they're like, oh my gosh, we just have all these fiefdoms and everyone's competing against each other. And it's just so, you know, cutthroat and competitive. So it's it's figuring out in this, you know, you have to take in a case by case basis, but how you put that principle into operation that's valuing the individual, valuing and respecting their voice, their rights, their perspective, and you have the collective vision and purpose and goals of a company. And how do those work together? How does the individual see how they help advance the collective? How does the collective bring out the best in the individual? How does the how is the individual recognized? Often, you know, as we've worked with our clients, um, we do something called the Freedom at Work Scorecard that companies can assess themselves. Some of the the feedback we get is that oftentimes individuals don't feel recognized and valued for what they have to bring um, that contributes to the collective success, or they don't understand how it does. Mm. So it's a um, it's a difficult one, but it's it's very, very important to a distinctively democratic system. It's it's a it's a very bizarre balance. I mean, as mm -hmm. I'm hearing you describe it, because it's like, okay, we're we're not against competition as long as the competition is healthy. Yeah, of but, course. But at the same time, right, we're all for a, being a team collectively. But even as a team, some people may get a little bit more recognition than others. But we shouldn't ignore everybody. Right. I mean, right. right. We, we shouldn't, I, I'm sorry, we shouldn't ignore anybody. So you don't right. want to, you, you, but, but some people may get a little bit more than you, yeah. but, but we do need to recognize everybody's contribution. Right. So you can look at it from contribution. You can look at it from the angle of, is it right for a company to decide what people can say, mm. their employees, what they can say, what personal decisions they make, you know, about their, their body, their lifestyle, things like that. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, what are those boundaries of the collective versus collectivism? Mm. Okay. Right. But that right. also still recognizes the individual because the whole premise of freedom is that we're individuals and we each have individual unique gifts and talents right. to bring. Right. So, and we yeah. don't, and we don't want to lose those. I get that. We don't want to lose oh. that. Right. Yeah. All right, this is awesome. I'm I'm loving this. Okay, the last section we got three left, and this is yeah. the sustain, uh, the sustaining sustain. democracy. Yeah. yeah. So, and and so help us understand the sustaining the democracy. This by maintaining it, or is it? Just, I mean, I know what sustain means, yeah. but yeah, like you know, I mean, I wanted to break it down just to take those ten principles and make them easy for people to be see. Where do you start? And then how, as you're scaling up your democracy, the principles that are going to help you scale it. And now you sure as heck better have what we're about to talk about next, or you're definitely going to destroy your democratic system. Okay. Yeah. So it starts with choice. And mm -hmm. choice is at work when each individual chooses between different possibilities. All right. So first of all, help me understand that a little bit more. And then let me see if I could come up with a devil's advocate part to it. Yeah, I mean, choice, you know, let's make it really simplistic. It can be um, people have flexibility with their work hours. Mm -hmm. It can be the choice of um, one of the great examples I talk about in the book is choose your own manager. You know, that's something one of the companies does where they let their employee, they, you know, on average, when people leave a company, 75% of the time, if someone voluntarily leaves, it's because they're leaving a bad boss. What if you could choose your boss or manager? You know, what if you can choose your hours? What if you could choose your own salary? Ah, mm. I'm sure people's heads are blowing up with that. I explain how. <laughs> but what if you can choose what projects you work on? What if you can choose your team? Mm. What if you can choose who you get get on your team? Who you who you get to work with? Wow, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Well, it'd be cool, but 
okay, the devil's advocate in me goes, is that even possible? I mean, some of the things that you just said there just seem like that's just so far out of reach, but you're making it sound like, no, actually, we've seen it done. It's really not that hard. You know, I tell the story in the book about a 20-person company where they let people choose their own manager because, look, all of this isn't about just sort of these are nice ideas. Every single example I talk about in the book is solving a problem. You know, it's solving a business problem, the business problem of people leave your company because you have a bad manager that someone doesn't want to work with that can destroy morale. It can, you know, lose some of your best and brightest. What if people could choose? We've taught this to so many companies. They all implement this now. It doesn't matter if you're a small or large company. Well, what if nobody picks, you know, someone who's a manager to be their manager? Well, probably because they suck and they shouldn't be a manager. (laughs) (laughs) So don't have them be a manager. You know, I mean, it's common sense, Jay. It's not like, you know. Yeah, but it's some of the choices you made, like choose my own salary, you know, choose my own hours. I mean, those those are. All of that is within the context of the collective, Mm. right? So you can say, oh, I'm going to choose my own salary. I want a million dollars. Okay, let's go back to that individual and collective principle. What collectively, what can the company afford? Right. You know, let's look at the market. So we're not talking about reckless freedom here. We're talking about taking these principles in a in a wise and strategic way and putting them into operation. Right, which goes back to even transparency because if I'm being transparent about the finance, okay, there's the dominoes. All related. There's the dominoes again. All right, Number, number nine, fairness and dignity. Fairness and dignity are at work when each individual is treated justly and impartially and is recognized for their inherent worth. I would think most, I would think that most C-suite uh, CEOs, founders, owners would say, you know what, we do that pretty well. Yeah, except for when they create a policy that treats everybody the same. And fairness isn't sameness. Oh, <laughs> that just... That just punched some people in the mouth. Go ahead with that. (laughs) Ah, That's awesome. Go ahead with that. It's like when you, I mean, I'm not trying to be political, but when you say everybody has to, you know, have a certain medical procedure to work at this company, Mm. is that fair? Mm. I mean, that sameness, you know, is that, is that giving everybody a sense of dignity or is that taking the dignity away, you know? Right. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. I don't think we necessarily treat people with fairness. We'd like to think we do. I don't think we naturally do. Yeah, because we're so focused on sameness. We're focused on sameness. Right. Which we don't don't want. In reality, we don't want sameness because we don't, we want to think, I mean, look at my, then look at the name of my company. The The name of my company is Coaching Mavericks. Yeah. Right. Because I, because I believe that people are uniquely made and they have their own unique gifts and talents and abilities and, and, and that makes them unique, right? I, the, the thing about the people I coach is I, they know that they're unique. They don't want to be the same. They just want to that's, be treated fairly. That's the individuality. Yeah. Yeah. It's all connected. Yeah. It's, see, that, that's a really great point. Because if we if if we treat people all the same, then they lose their dignity. If we treat people fairly, they have dignity. That's right. Amen. Oh. Uh, uh, Amen, brother. Uh, you got it. <laughs> oh, a light yeah. light light bulb just went off in my head. Just went like going, oh my gosh! If we treat everybody the same, you lose your dignity because you're now all the same, and that's that really is not being fair. No, and it's conformity. It's not freedom. Uh, Oh, you see what you just did there? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. fear. It's control. Right. That's why we want to get everyone to be the same. That's easier to control. Right. If I can make everybody conform. Right. If I can make everybody the same. Yeah. It's easy for me to control you. Yeah, exactly. And if I can, <laughs> and if I control you, I own you. Yep. And that's slavery. Yep. And not freedom. You got it. Wow. This is I, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. You know, we can mic drop that right there. Yeah. <laughs> right? We, that's, that's huge. All right. Let's do the last one. Right. Yeah. That's reflection and evaluation. Reflection and evaluation are at work when each individual in the organization are committed to continuous feedback and growth, which sounds like, which sounds to me like we probably do that, but I don't know that we really 
want continuous feedback because we may feel like we're overwhelmed with feedback or we're afraid of the feedback we might get, right? Which sounds a little bit like accountability, but I think we're talking about something a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we get feedback every day. I mean, if you talk with somebody, you're giving me feedback right now by how you're responding to what I'm saying, your facial expressions, you right. know, all of that. So um, it's, it's creating systems and processes that allow us to have feedback that's helpful, that's healthy, that's from people that we respect. Um, it's not fun to get feedback from people you don't respect because <laughs> that just feels like an attack. But there's ways to to do feedback so that you can keep growing individually, but also collectively as an organization. You know, so many organizations have surveys and they want to hear what you have to say and they want to get, you know, I just had to call Apple the other day for something on my phone and they, can we get, you know, can we survey you and hear if we did a good job or not? So it's, it's yes, it can be scary to get that feedback or to reflect upon something, but what's even worse is when you don't have the feedback and you don't know, because then you don't know how to navigate those waters as a business leader. Yeah, there's a level of honesty there that we just have to we just have to face because you can't you cannot improve. Right. Right. I can't I can't improve if people don't tell me. You know, I have to be honest. My son uh, called me on the phone and said, "Dad, I, I want to just tell you a few things about your show." And I was like, "Oh, okay. You're at least listening to my show. I think that's great." And then he told he told me about four or five things that he said. Here's where I think you might lose your audience, and here's where I think you could do a better job. And can I tell you something? It was hard. Yeah. It was hard to hear, but he was absolutely right. He really was. My wife does that to me all the time. She'll say, you know, you said this on the show. I'm not sure that's a good idea. And I'm go, and I'll and I'll first, you know, because I want to be resistant to it, I'll go, no, I didn't need to do it. that's not true. And then I'll think about it and go, oh gosh, she's right. Dang it, she's right. I hate it. But the truth of the matter is it does make me better. Well, and that's a great example of getting feedback from people who love you, who want to right. see you excel. And, and you know, they're right. I mean, sometimes we get feedback from people who, quite frankly, their feedback isn't helpful, right. you know? And so sometimes you just listen and go, that's great. That's your perspective. That's your right. point of view. That's cool. I don't have to agree with it. <laughs> right. But thanks for the feedback, you know? Yeah, so. no, I, I get it. Do you know we've been on an hour? Amazing. Time flies. God, we, we, you and, and we and we spent like some time before the show. And it's I feel like, like while talking beforehand. Yeah. I, I'm like, I'm <laughs> like, I'm like going, it. I'm like going, I, I don't want this to end because I'm really enjoying this and I'm enjoying our talk about this. And I would love to go deeper with yeah. this because this is this is so good because uh you there's in the book, uh by the way, Freedom at Work, she talks about the ten reasons to use organizational democracy. Right. And, and she starts with profitability, but it goes on and on and on and on. And um, so, Tracy, tell people how to get a hold of you um, yeah. so they can do that. Absolutely. Worldblue.com is the place to get me at Worldblue, B-L-U. We're called Worldblue because blue is the color of freedom universally. And you can find me there. I'm also on LinkedIn. If you have any comments or feedback about our conversation, Go on LinkedIn, Tracy Fenton, Tracy with an I. You can ping me there, and I would love to get connected with you on LinkedIn. I told you she was going to be awesome. Again, <laughs> again, and she was. Freedom at Work's the book. Oh, you got to go get it, and it's available. And matter of fact, I know I have a little secret that I know that she hasn't talked about, but the truth of the matter is it's going to be coming out in Audible because she's actually going to read for it. It's pretty cool, so it's going to be awesome. I can't wait for <laughs> that to happen too. So, Lois, you want folks this to show, listen, you're in control of two things in your life, your attitude and your effort always doesn't matter what's happening in your life it doesn't matter what the circumstances are yes it can be difficult but you are in control of your attitude take control take control of your effort give your best at all times because you can and you're capable i'm going to be back next week with another great guest it's going to be another great book it's going to be another great show and as i say to you everywhere all over ciao everybody you can find the strength to go a different way Your dreams will take you places you have never been before Find your passion, find your strength Don't worry anymore A new direction A new direction
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.